0: seen a lot of different studio spaces that he's worked in he's had some real big studio spaces this is one of the smaller ones but I think to me an interesting thing about being a professional working artist is is that you make do with whatever space you have you make art if you have a piece of burnt stick and a paper you, newspaper you can make art or if you have a giant space whatever you just make your you know what I mean
1: yes uh, totally
0: yeah so uh
1: well, I had a few questions. Maybe I can yep. ask them and then you, you guys go. Um, Brian, how did you become an artist?
2: I uh, knew from the time I was 18, and I'm now 67, I was going to be a heart surgeon till I was about 18, and then I did LSD, and that changed everything. <laughs> I graduated from high school in 67, and then Early 68, I started painting, and uh, I've painted ever since, and I went to Fanshawe College from 1970 to 73, graduated from their fine art program, and,
0: and uh, never looked back. It's interesting, because 1968 was also a significant year for me, because I was born in that year.
1: Oh, don't make him feel bad. No, 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 he doesn't feel bad.
2: I don't feel bad. I'm I'm virtually ageless, so he I is. don't feel bad. So. yes. I, Exactly the same way. I, I a lot of afternoons I'll be in my studio and I'll laugh. I have a brush in my hand. And I'll say, I've been doing this for almost 50 years, and I kind of realize how lucky I am. You know, I'm not saying it wasn't that it was totally easy, but uh, or that it is still right. Yeah. And uh, I realized one day not long ago that I was actually born to be an artist, and I don't know that I've ever believed things like that. I, I generally believe in random chance mostly, but uh, no, I, I feel that that uh it's a it's a calling it, it's not an occupation as much as that it's it's, it's a it's a calling really to uh it's kind of like the priesthood you know i was <laughs> telling somebody last night I thought about becoming a jesuit but i became an atheist at 14 so i thought that might be a little difficult so.
1: was it really the lsd or are you just telling that story no nope.
2: telling you the truth uh i have two close artist friends whose names i won't mention that say that they, <laughs> the same thing happened to them as teenagers. That LSD and painting basically saved them. Because <laughs> otherwise, we probably would have been petty thieves or something like that. Who knows? I from a very low class neighborhood in Windsor. God knows. I probably wouldn't be dead, really. So, Or I'd be a priest.
1: True. Um, okay. Um, So, can you just tell me a little bit about your paintings these days? What are you making?
2: Uh, paintings I'm making now. Uh, which eventually I'll, well, we'll send you a couple images, but they uh, started out, I went to Costa Rica in 2009, did a number of watercolors related to uh, the beach, a lot of them were still somewhat abstract, but I went again three more times, uh, 2012, 13, and 14, and in 2012, I made a pretty significant breakthrough in the work that all of a sudden it started becoming a little more identifiable as beaches. So over the course of a couple years, I did ten large ones, and it's like Marcus saying that I have a really small studio. It's only 198 square feet, but I'm working on two paintings right now that are eight by nine feet. Because, yeah, just say I'm standing in front yeah. of the bigger than my arm span, you know, and it's like right from floor to ceiling. And I just walked in one day and just saw that, got that idea, and said, why do not I pin up a canvas? Uh, because the, uh, the stretches are very expensive uh, to make, but I don't need them, and it's easier to store them by rolling them up, of course. Yeah. So I did 10 that were related to the beach, and uh, if you go on Facebook to my uh, timeline, you'll be able to see a catalog with an essay with the 10 paintings called the Beach Series. And out of that, I realized how there's only so many shapes in the world and i realized how much the human figure was a lot like the mountains and the bays that i could see from a distance being up on the mountains and things like that so i started playing around doing little drawings of uh kind of like human or female figures on beaches but uh the paintings are still quite abstract and you, you weren't quite sure some days you could look at part of the painting and it would look like a mountain and then all of a sudden uh you know, the lighting might change slightly, or your mind might change slightly, and uh, you'd start seeing shapes in them, uh, figures. So I consciously went that way, and now I'm on painting number eight, and I'll do ten in the series where you can see quite identifiable female figures in the paintings. Um, and I'm very surprised that this happened, and it's one of the beauties of not. Worrying or being somewhat fearless as a painter uh, because I've done it so long that you just kind of go with it Some days even if you think your heart isn't totally there Your intuition tells you to go and it opens up a lot of new doors So I'm probably one of the most surprised people of all my friends and only less than 10 people have seen the series It'll be published in a, in a new book probably by the fall and be placed on Facebook these 10 new paintings with an essay by another person, a uh, museum director, that's going to write about them. And these are the only people that have seen them. Uh, Mark is one of the few friends who have
1: seen
2: these paintings, but he has not seen all eight. No, and, no. Uh, there's only two, there's three people, two other people and myself that have only seen all eight, and uh, a couple of them I let no one in the studio while I was working on the painting for about two months. There's one that's so secret Brian hasn't even seen it. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I I leave it behind. I never uh, works on it in the dark. Yeah, generally I do. It's funny. I turn the studio lights off once in a while, and I'm working on a painting right now, which uh, you'll see in a couple weeks when it's finished. That I've been working on a face, and a lot of times I turn the lights off just to see if I can just see something somewhat identifiable. Because uh, when you first look at a lot of these works, it takes you a while for your eyes to adjust to what you're actually looking at.
0: Yeah, I've been looking at uh, works paintings that brian has done and he was very influential in my own um kind of upbringing as an artist i'm not really an artist i wouldn't say but but as an art appreciator let's say as somebody who's dabbled a little bit and and brian certainly gave me a lot of advice along the way and even as far as actually taking lessons and learning some technique and uh you know I've, i've seen your your work really throughout The The whole 20-some Yeah, I've seen, and and I've seen more because I've, I've, you know, we... Well, we went went back. Yeah, see, Brian had, like, he he had his whole art career stored in my basement for, like, what, like... (laughs) 10 years. Uh, eight, eight years that, yeah. and so I've seen like a lot of the stuff that you've done, and I, I find it fascinating how connected it all is, like going right back to the triangle pieces that you did, and I didn't see that when I first met you. Like, okay. I, Yeah, you me, wouldn't see that. It yeah. looks disjointed until you start knowing
2: my history, and you got to go back. It's like starting to read a book. You read the four words, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're not quite sure what you're looking at. And it takes a while. And I tell people, I said, you're not going to identify with what I do immediately unless you basically got a PhD in art or <laughs> painting for
0: 40 or 50 years, right? And Otherwise, that's not to say that it's highbrow. It's just to say that I think it's not, but it's very complicated. Yeah, I just think it's, I think it's just hard for people to necessarily. Identify in between what i'm looking at right now this beach scape and this even corn sort of looking thing and i see that connected to those wooden pieces that you did with the you know the cutouts and the, the h pieces yeah. and i see that connected to the again to the triangle pieces even going way back like those were done in what 1972 yes. or something like that well they
2: started about 74 75 through till
0: uh in the like i'm 80s. thinking of the big one that was in the kitchen that big uh, in, in at, on queens you know the um, the real textured one with the red was sort of a green yeah, and, yeah it was sienna with uh, yes with no that one no no I'm, I'm not, the actually that's, that's not the, the one only, you know, red maybe ones. it wasn't in the kitchen though, but but maybe it has a green the, the green, green, green one in I'm the dining of. room with the red triangle yeah that's the
2: one I'm thinking introspection of introspection 7677 was a, yeah, sh- was a show here at Forest City I,
0: I look at this and I still see that
2: well this particular painting that you're looking at and we will send you an, uh, an image of the one we're looking at here mm-hmm. uh, is probably my favorite painting of mine, of all time, and it's got, it's got practically everything I've ever painted <laughs> in it, every technique, you name it. I even used some, uh, some hard edge, I some used soft edge. specialty finish uh, surfaces that look like stucco, I, I, I just pulled all the stops on this one.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, Brian, so yeah. is this painting a painting that you couldn't live without?
2: Oh, I can live without my stuff, I could set everything <laughs> <laughs> the least. Um, he just quickly to go back, Orson Welles' house burned down years ago, and uh, he lost everything. And so then, every two years after that, he just got rid of everything and realized how that basically his house burning down freedom. So no, I don't I don't get that attached. There's a lot of my work I love. Uh, I've probably done over thirty thousand works and probably hate twenty eight thousand of them. But <laughs> that's. <laughs> It's not my job to really care. It's only my job to create the work and stay alive, basically, and to keep Mm. doing it. Yeah, Yeah, no matter what. Mark
1: (laughs) and I, we were watching a video uh, with Ellsworth Kelly, and he pointed at a small yellow painting behind him, and he said, you see this painting? I have to have that painting. It's just, Yeah. I
2: just read a big long article about uh, him in the uh, Globe and Mail because of his passing, and uh, he was very inspirational, uh, very uh, difficult work to understand because his work was so minimal, but he did very well, and uh, he was extremely, extremely good at what he did. And obviously. he was
0: so dedicated,
2: yeah. and that's what I like and to which- that you, have you. Do. you have to, you have to be. And I was just about to say to you, Isabel, that it sounds very strange, but recently, I write in my journal a lot, and I recently came to the conclusion that for my life to remain the same in the studio and continue work, my life basically has to change, and every few months, everything, everything changes in my life, whatever. Now, I'm just fortunate that I can go five or six days and not even have to leave my property <laughs> and just work. Uh, so basically... I create work practically every waking hour. I make maybe a 1,000 works a week on my phone. Uh, I draw nonstop pretty much in ink. Uh, I do watercolors every day. Uh, I don't paint on the big paintings every day because they're somewhat physically demanding, plus they take a lot of thought uh, because basically when I start them, even if I have a watercolor or a drawing of them, I don't let that tell me exactly what to do. I, I, I let the painting tell me what to do. So consequently, the end results are different. And if I was going to do a watercolor and a sketch and then make the painting exactly the same, uh, to me there's no reason there's no reason to do that. I would become a realist if I started working that way. Because otherwise, why? It'd be boring as shit, really. You know. So.
1: Yes. So you love creating. I love creating as well. I-
2: I create. I create every second. I'm just a person that's a problem solver. And Mark and I were just talking uh, before we notified you about running a business. And I ran a business for a long time. And uh, it's all these things. As an artist, there's a reason why you're called an artist is that you have to try to excel at everything you do. So I, I cook, I paint, I garden. You know, I uh, I did diets for people for years with different diseases. He was in the NBA. I was in the NBA, you know. <laughs> so I was scouted to play professional baseball. When I was so, you know, I, I could talk to you about myself for the next <laughs> 50 years and really bore the shit out of you. <laughs> so,
1: so there isn't a painting that is uh, more... Um meaningful for you that you you would uh, really be sad if you didn't have it anymore?
2: If I didn't have any paint, there would be no point in my existence. So I uh, I have uh, crippling arthritis in my leg right now. I had uh, dental surgery last year. I can't taste my food. So about a year ago, I had very have a very serious talk with myself and say if I can't paint, what the fuck is the point, right? So, And I'm not saying I'm suicidal, but...
0: That's what keeps me going. Mm. If got a collection that you stare at every day, that kind of you, I don't know, inspires you, or that you would, I, as you said, you, you're not somebody who you never have something you say I can't live without this, but you must have some pieces. Like to me. Those wooden pieces, the H pieces, I would think I don't even
2: own one. I've got two incomplete that
0: I don't even own because they sold. So I'm not <laughs> complaining
2: about that. No, that's, that's a good thing. But, yeah. uh, but,
0: see, to me, that would be one that I would really want to have. Yeah, you see, I know. have
2: things uh, crucially placed in my house. Like in my bedroom, I have watercolors from friends that passed away. Uh, usually beside my bed, I'll put a big, big work, uh, possibly, that I'm working on that series because the minute I wake up, the ideas start. Uh, A lot of times I'll grab my phone and do three or four pieces uh, uh, before I even get out of bed with the phone. Uh, I've been playing with uh, Van Gogh's uh, room images, uh, distorting things like that, sending those off to certain people, whatever. So if we we get hooked up on uh, Facebook Messenger and uh, email, Isabel, um,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: spontaneously send people images. So uh, we can get into that as well.
1: That's great.
0: Yeah, Brian's pretty pretty hardcore. I've known him, like I said, for, uh, we met um, in, what, 1994 or something like 95. that? 95. 95, yeah. yeah. And I was pretty young then. Well, you're still in your 20s. And then Mark <laughs> Mark came
2: and knocked uh, went around the corner in 96. And when he finished engineering school, he came and knocked on my door one day, and he said, I want you to teach me how to paint, and I'm going to pay you. I said, you just said the magic words, my friend. <laughs> Come on in and have a pair <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple shows at my gallery. Uh, he's a, he's a very very good painter. I'll be happy if he starts painting
0: again at some point. Yeah, so no, I'd, I'd, I'd like, like to do it. You're too you're too gifted and too good not to give the world what you do. I like, I like the uh, yeah. Well, it's it's partially trying to understand what it is that you do, right? Well, the thing is, like I don't, you I can't, can't completely understand yeah. what you do
2: because that I think in itself would defeat it in a way. You know I know a lot and I know in one of my catalogs at the beginning of the catalog I wrote that uh, a painting is like it's very mystery and well, I I had I've had to give up well I gave up my marriage for more than that reason but painting uh, you know it's like when you're dedicated to anything like I am nothing can get in the way of it
0: and for me I think what I'm I'm pretty good with color right like I don't think you're great I, with color and, and, you know, and I ended up make, basically making color field paintings, and I never would have thought in my past that was something that, that you know, that I wouldn't have had that much of an appreciation for what it actually yeah, takes see, to make
2: a good see, you painting. For a second. You're an intellectual, and you're educated, and that makes total sense to me.
0: Yeah. I can see that you wouldn't think it, that. It, no, it makes sense and to me. It, guy, it makes sense but, to me now. Yeah. Like, I'm just talking yeah. about like yeah. as I worked my way through, and I remember I, I've got like tons and tons of stuff in my basement that I did. that Like yeah. I've got figurative stuff. I've got life drawing stuff. I've got. trying to, got to do landscapes. Everything. I just did everything. Yeah. I tried to do watercolor. I did. I never really worked with oil paint. That's the one yeah. I never really yeah. did. But I worked with everything. And and really, that was the color field thing. And I think the fact that I my my only sort of formal training in using a pen or whatever was drafting, right? Well, see, that makes total sense.
2: I took drafting, uh, long before I ever even thought about being an artist. I used to draw maps from the time I was like nine or 10 years old, colorful maps, which I wish I still had because it remind me of new paintings. Uh, never thinking that I'm going to be an artist. Uh, And even when I graduated from high school, I was going to go and take an accounting course, and then one night I slapped myself and (laughs) said, you're not going to take accounting.
0: Where did the heart surgeon part fit in there? The heart
2: surgeon part came from doing a project when I was 10 years old of drawing the heart and drawing the whole body and writing an essay and getting A-plus on it. And steady hand. And a steady hand, which, in fact, my hands shake terribly now, but they don't shake the minute I pick a brush. So, Which is interesting, you know, yeah, because I'm looking yeah. at these hard edge
0: paintings, and I can yeah, find... tell you clearly about Yeah, and they're not all yeah. taped. Yeah, they're not a taped. Are, a lot of them, taped, them are just painted at, by hand. Yeah, and I'm looking at arcs that are not taped. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, so um, Isabel, is there anything else you want to ask? Otherwise, I think I'll go through it send you stuff.
1: So. Oh, okay. No, um, well, I just i'm i'm listening and i'm taking it in it's uh i have never met somebody completely 24 7 dedicated to painting
0: i think very that, few people have yes and, and this is why i wanted to do this right from the first day that we did this i knew eventually i'd get ryan in here and you know i've got a couple other artists too that maybe would be interested in talking as well i think you know other people that I know, but I knew that that like Brian's kind of the most insane of all of them. So. I have I have yeah.
1: many questions because <laughs> I'm I, I'm very contemplative and yeah. uh, I wonder how someone can just produce so much constantly and not not take some time to reflect. I'm sure you do.
2: Oh, I reflect. I reflect. You'll okay. see it in the work. I reflect. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of thought. I would agree with, with that. Everything. I I, I, I I've seen Brian I actually work. write more than I paint as well. I have thousands of journals. I write practically every thought, and if I don't like you, there'll be a whole journal about you or what, <laughs> what an asshole you are. And, you know, like, I don't know if you ever read Andy Warhol's. Uh,
1: <laughs>
2: that was a great inspiration. Andy would, <laughs> would meet people and tell them how lovely they were, how nice they were, and he'd go home and write what a cunt they were. So
1: why, I went. Hey, why? Why do you need uh, to write everything?
2: Why do I write everything?
1: Yeah. Why do you need to write everything?
2: It invokes. It invokes ideas, and usually, I usually write mostly in my journal when I've broken up with another woman, and uh, I'm not bragging. There's been way too many of them, but. Um, uh, About 15 years ago, a woman broke my heart. I went and bought a journal and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And and that brought the painting about. And that's what's happened recently. I got to a fear level in the new painting, which doesn't happen often. But it was telling me too much. So I stopped working for about three or four weeks, also dealing with my arthritis. And I wrote every day about it. And it got me working again.
1: Does it help with your arthritis? The writing? Yeah.
2: Uh, I think there's certain emotional aspects to the arthritis. Uh, my uh, surgeon, uh, who I went to see a couple of weeks ago, thinks probably I'm nuts when I told him I think <laughs> there's probably some emotional aspects to it. And he I says, believe no, that. He just said it's purely physical and it's crystals built up.
1: Because oh, of no. No, it's not. Right. No.
2: And I do what's wrong with you. To me, there's emotional aspects to everything that happens to you, right? <laughs> and that really, really comes out in the writing. That's where there's there's absolutely well, there's no bullshit in my paintings, but there's absolutely no bullshit in the writing.
0: And the interesting thing about the writing is, as far as I understand, nobody's ever read it except for yourself. You wouldn't want to read it, uh, and I think they're going to have to put some.
2: They're probably going to have to put a fifty-year moratorium on my journal. We'll uh, a couple, here, a couple of curators and museum people and university people. That I told recently, I said I might become more known for my writing than my painting, and uh, you never know. <laughs> so that's interesting. It's basically a hit list. Most of my writing. Now um, you. What
1: What are your? So you you were painting beaches. What What does that summon for you? What What's the. Uh, nature. How, what is your. Can you express your um, thoughts on your feelings towards nature or the beach, or what does that mean to you, or does it mean nothing, or just what? It
2: does mean a lot. Initially, it's it, initially the paintings are about the light, and when the paintings in Costa Rica started changing was when I met a woman uh, from Colombia that lives in Costa Rica in 2012 and fell madly in love with her, and that's when all of a sudden the work really started changing even more there was more emotion if you go to facebook and you go through the ten paintings the beach paintings and read the essay it'll it'll answer a lot of the questions that you're asking me about, about the work um, basically with painting though it's, I always say to people I paint it because it's there and then it opens up and it starts telling me stories and if I'm not telling myself a story or if basically every brushstroke
0: I'm not trying to do something new, then I wouldn't paint at all or the shit out of me. So do you find then, like, on that note, that your paintings have a narrative? Like, this whole series um, has been defined back a old writer friend came in
2: and said, this is very narrative. This is the most narrative series I've seen of yours. So yeah, they are
0: telling stories. And do you find that that goes through your history, if you go back and think maybe you didn't even realize it so much at the time? I always
2: realized it, and there was always the emotion there, but they were so minimal, and uh, it was like, say I would use red as ego, I'd use green as cool, I would use blue as uh, depressed. Uh, That's how. Most people wouldn't recognize those, but yeah, it's a... The paintings have always told me stories. Now there's just more there for people to uh to uh see the stories and understand the stories. I'm hoping actually. So, and I think the new series uh shows my sense of humor more. Some of them certainly do.
1: So you do you do place figurative elements in your paintings now?
2: Uh I go right back to um I think it's posted on Facebook as well. There's a collage I did in 1971, a small collage on paper that was figures. And that year I did 300 drawings at night of uh, abstracted figures. And so I've come, I've come uh, full circle. And a lot of times as an artist you do that. You go back uh, and all of a sudden start pulling information. The newest painting I'm working on has got a big figure, but it's also uh, it has got Ellsworth Kelly, it's got stripes, it's got Matisse. So uh one close painter friend of mine recently said to me what I'm doing is uh, I'm just taking on art history right now and uh once you see this newer series you'll you'll see that you'll see a lot of elements and uh I'm using all the uh the masters more as my peers there's uh not a lot of artists that are alive and particularly on the in Ontario that influence me right so I basically go to the masters, or I have to go to. I just recently went to Chicago in the spring to, uh, or in the summer to uh, go look at real paintings, to go look at Monets and things like that. And that's really what I draw from. To go and look
0: at that big, the uh, Pointillist famous work there. Yeah, uh, I, did that far Surratt, from yeah. yeah I did yeah, the same thing. Yeah. That painting blows yeah, your mind. You, know, yeah, you, look at that yeah. you look, could stand there and look at that painting for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's so much going on in that painting. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Surat's Sunday in the Park, right? Is that what it's called? just a, a beautiful example of kind of a master- contemporary mastery, mastery yeah, yeah contemporary exactly for
2: sure and, and think that painting's over 100 years old yeah
0: yeah it's, it, it, it
2: yeah. never goes old no it looks no. well uh, it real,
0: looks real, real art artist yeah if you look at like Van Gogh or, or they look like they were done like yesterday The Scream yeah Monk or whatever like those paintings yeah yeah. Contemporary. yeah it's contemporary even though it's like 100 years old some of them mm-hmm well you're
1: uh i'm being quiet because out. of the sound quality i'm i'm losing uh every time i speak i can't hear you guys at all so that's why i'm keeping quiet
0: okay well we're uh, probably blabbing a lot too so. <laughs> no that's
1: good <scared. laughs> i'm learning i'm learning
0: this just, just for brian's sake you, you're in uh, an art program now
1: Oh yes, I I am not um, at all uh, at Brian's even. I'm just just Isn't, a little little shoot. I'm just a little tiny beam well, shoot. <laughs> I recognize that
0: not many people have, honestly, and, and it doesn't even matter. Like in a way, like you you could never even make a like your perfect painting or whatever. You just you're just gonna keep doing it no matter what. And I see that in you, and that's that's really inspiring, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. I, um, I'm probably like Brian in that um, I cannot imagine not painting or not creating.
0: Actually, you start doing it, and then next thing you know, it, you can't stop. <laughs> well, and it
2: snowballs, and if it's that important to you, and uh, I tell young students, if you're not that
0: dedicated to it, you're going to get trampled. Just quit. So. And the second that you make a mark on canvas, you're going to get criticized. No, yeah.
1: I don't think you should say just quit to a student. I don't think that's right, because it ta- it might come back later. Uh, you know, they they have to go and work and pay for their studies, and how are they going to do that when they're just starting?
2: Always a way. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that I don't encourage people to do the work but if you want to become a professional you're going to get trampled by guys like me is what I'm saying.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely but if you see creation and creating as something that you need to do it doesn't necessarily have to be something that has to uh sustain you for for life like pay your bills and everything you can Get a job and work a little bit, or you can find ways to, uh, you know, with a partner or whatever. There's always ways to get to a place.
0: That's a good way to look at it. I think people shouldn't feel that they have to necessarily take it to the level where you've devoted your whole life to it. Like, just do what you can, right? I don't highly recommend that. <laughs> I don't highly recommend my lifestyle. Most people be able to do it. Make more money than most poets. Well. well <laughs> that's how it goes.
1: I know I know that uh most people want their place in in the art galleries and uh in books and and all that. Uh I'm not at at that point at all. I'm probably some kind of uh floozy or something i don't know <laughs> i'm an what? art i'm an uh, art floozy i'm a poser if you want to say that
0: Got <laughs> a spark that i don't think most i think some artists don't even have that much of a spark well in. a lot of artists don't but uh,
2: another thing i've told two museum directors in the last year is that we'll, what they do and i told them one of my dealers i said what you do and what i do have nothing to do with one another right <laughs> yeah. so nothing at all and uh if you don't just paint for yourself, well, you know, that's that's entirely up to you, of course, whatever. So I like people looking at my stuff, but I don't give a shit if anybody likes it.
1: Yeah, you don't give a shit. And
2: am just to that point. I don't care. So. Yeah. I, it's actually uh, actually becoming totally fearless in the last couple of years uh, has really really helped my work. It's probably really helped me as a person too. Oh,
1: well, that's that's. Uh, as far as i'm concerned um creating and being part of the uh community of art is um not only about your work but it's also about the people that's around you and you know art can transform lives it can heal it can do a bunch of good stuff but bring people together it can change your life you know you start um thinking differently you get up in the morning and things seem to be clearer or um um, not as you're not not feeling as stressed out or i love the lifestyle like i my most favorite thing in the world is going in the summer in my car, just scouting for a place to to paint and mm-hmm. and just bringing my canvas with me and being in the moment with uh, the trees the the cows, the smells, everything and I just forget where I am for i mean i I don't forget where I am i I am part of where I am
0: <laughs> sense yep you become immersed in it,
1: yeah. Maybe. And it's a beautiful, wonderful feeling,
0: yeah, no it really is i I know it's nice to just not have to think about anything else, right
1: yes mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm at, and um i never I don't know if I'll ever get to art galleries or whatever, but I will continue to to create no matter what.
0: The best mm-hmm. advice that anybody give you just keep doing it and don't worry about the gallery thing and if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. And it's, I think that it's already
1: what, happening for me in a micro way. I am never going to get into the A G O, but I'm in a little cafe right now and you know I'm super happy about my prints being there.
0: Where it starts right. You start you start off doing that and and you just don't know like. Really, and you just—you're not doing it like Brian's saying. You're not really doing it. You're doing it for yourself, right? I'll tell you a quick story about my sister showed at my gallery
2: about fifteen years ago. She's a photographer, photographic artist. She's very talented. She's very good. She doesn't have the dedication that I do, and do, uh, but um, uh, she showed at my gallery. Calvary and she came up to me halfway through the exhibit and said boy I feel wonderful and I said wait until somebody hands you some money for one of your pieces, and come back to me and tell me how wonderful you feel but an hour later she just said oh man you're so right wow I just took in like uh you know almost a thousand bucks I said good for you whatever so
1: oh that's not gonna happen to me I doubt it
2: well you you shouldn't you shouldn't think that way you never know at some point I, I mean, feel
1: all creepy crawlies when people ask me for how much is this piece and how much is that piece. I I just I'm not so, I don't know.
2: On your work for sixty <laughs>
1: percent. <laughs> I I my husband says ten thousand dollars and stuff that is, like that, and I'm like, well, no, I can't even think so, about the money.
0: Dave's a smart man. Dave's related to Rick.
1: Oh, yeah, so another of, of, of your friends that's going to think that I'm some kind of floozy.
0: No, 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 no. I, I will stand up for you, Isabel.
1: Oh, yeah. thanks, Mark.
0: Not all bad. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I think I I I I found right away when we started first talking about your interest in art, like I keep saying, your, I could see there's an an enthusiasm there that is, it's, it's good. It's great. It really is. And, and beyond, I don't even, it doesn't even matter what the work is in a way. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all about I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And I am enthusiastic about it.
1: I am so enthusiastic. That's for sure. That's... I have, I have that going for me. If anything else, I have that.
0: Yeah, it's true. Okay, well... well, maybe we should, uh, sign off here. Yep. Yep. We've Thank had a you pre-
1: so much.
0: And uh, you can send us the link, and you guys can get connected on, on Facebook, and we'll 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 maybe take a couple images of the studio here so we can see what we're sitting in. And
1: oh, that would be awesome.
0: We'll would you send me the link to the film you
2: said you saw about Elward Kelly? Is it on YouTube, or just send me a link? I
1: think, I think. that was Mark, Hey, eh? Mark, that, you sent me that. It was, um... It
0: was like New York Times or something like that, I oh, thought. We, we
1: posted it on That's Not Art. Uh, yeah.
0: You know what? It might oh, have been yeah. New York. So
1: it was what I posted. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was I reposted it from him. Yeah, so
0: okay. full circle. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah. That was a great little interview. And that was a straight, right straight before he died. Yeah. Maybe like a month before or two right. months before he died. Yeah. Now I remember. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, you have a, a great rest of your night, as well, And thanks so much for being patient with our internet issues. Thank you. And we'll talk soon.
1: Okay, talk soon. Bye-bye.